0: Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel, and ladies, I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you're the one putting in all the effort to make your relationships work? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell me more button and find out how you can get men to do their part. Now, let me introduce you
1: to today's guest.
0: I'm excited to bring you today's featured guest, Hanare O'Brien. Hanare, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: So, for any of you who don't know Hanare, his commitment to this world is to guide people to knowing themselves deeply through both spiritual and personal development. He's committed to this in himself and was actually led along this path after many years of being disconnected from his truth. Hanari studies and applies every technology available, including NLP, ontology, landmark education, spiritual teachings, and various success principles. He's driven to know and experience the depths of love. He's actually asked himself if a man on a cross died while saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do then could he experience this level of love in himself and share it with others? He operates from the perspective that only through his own inner growth can he powerfully support people on their journey. Hanari, take a minute to fill in any blanks from the intro and and give us a glimpse into your personal life, if you would.
1: Thank you. I haven't heard that that intro in a long time. That was one um, that I came up with a long time ago, that inquiry about Jesus being on the cross. Um, since then, i have more like I'm getting a tattoo on the, all of the right side of my body, a traditional Māori tattoo. Uh, and my mission is to help billions of people reconnect into themselves so we can help heal our world. So my mission now is to help the world itself is, um, for our children is suffering. There's pollution, there's all these things going on, and there's groups of people that are wanting to help. Uh, so this tattoo that I'm getting, a traditional Māori one, which will cover the full right side of my body except my face, Is all about being the unenlightened spiritual teacher, bringing truths to people as a warrior of truth, learning to be somebody that functions and helps other people in the world. Uh, So that's a little bit more added to the intro, and it's something I'm exploring as I go along. And um, since stepping into asking to help people in this arena, uh, in the earth in itself, I've found people that are up to big things in life I've been able to contact with, um, talk to, work with, Uh, And it's just been a blessing. Um, The cross analogy was more about how could I meet my own death with happiness and joy and knowing that it could help people. Uh, Now, it seems quite morbid, but it was about, you know, really thinking about my own mortality and what I could bring to the earth um, before I left the earth, which, you know, we're not here for that, that long. And so thank you uh, for bringing me on the call. And that's a little bit more of an intro that I could throw in on top of the intro, the wonderful intro that you, you gave us.
0: That's, that's great. No, I love that. And for any of you who may have caught uh, the interview I did with Hanare's wife, Kate O'Brien, uh, a couple of weeks ago, she even mentioned, if you remember on the show, that, that the two of you were kind of finding your own voice within your work. And it's great to hear the direction that you're headed.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. I found, um, like, for, I've probably spent near, we've spent between $500,000 million chasing personal development techniques, strategies. I have spent time with the top people in personal development. And what I realized is underneath it all, we're very much connected through our pains and sufferings, not just our joys as well. And in that, I thought, how can we bring a new paradigm of not being gurus for each other, but being guides for each other? Because the elevation of a guru also takes away the power that we individually have. And we need each individual to come together uh, at this stage in our evolution as spiritual beings, evolutionary beings, rather than us following a a guru. So this guide concept is like, how do we be really truly human as well as being inspiring and inspirational as we grow? And one of the things in the industry I noticed it lacked that, it lacked us knowing about our teachers being totally human. And spending time with Wayne Dye, Louise Hay, Brenda Bouchard, Jack Canfield, what I noticed being with them personally and being friends with some of them was that behind the scenes they weren't just the spiritual teacher, the uh, personal development guru. They were actually quite funny. Some were quite rude, crude. Some were experiencing things just like any of us. And I thought, what's the difference? The only difference is that they – kept going through adversity in their life. Their humanity was still there, like us all. And then I thought to myself, the new paradigm must be the guide sharing all that they could, not just as an inspiration, but the perspirational sides of life. So me and Kate, um, which puts us in a unique and vulnerable part of the market, is that we share about not only the things that we're up to, like I just got voted into the Transformational Leadership Council, which is amazing, but also the things about being a parent, husband and the things that we go through day to day so that people are more connected to our humanity rather than our inspirational picture that we put forward as well. It's a a rebalancing.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually one of the catalysts for this program was to help our our guests. You know, oftentimes, like you mentioned, they're leaders in their field and, and they're put on this pedestal and people think, oh, they must be this incredible person. But they're humans just like everyone else. And to share what have been maybe some of their challenges as they've gone through the different partnerships in their life, whether they be personal or professional. So let me ask you this, because one of the things I like to start with is to get an idea of for for you personally, Hanari, what what would you say is kind of the guiding principle that keeps you on track in your partnerships?
1: Um, That I, the guiding principle, if I was to put one, a principle in, would be never to assume that I know. Hmm. The thing is that we're so conditioned to predict the future. Like I think Randy Flanagan, a neuroscientist, says, the encoding in our bodies is a predicting machine of the future. So we're so conditioned as human beings to keep predicting from the past our future that a lot of the times we never allow ourselves to get into the uncertainty, the unknown of creating what's new, because in that is our own fears, our own our own little quirks, and the things that we don't usually want to that we don't want to represent. Uh, in, in the physical world so um, yeah, allowing myself to really not know at the start of this interview you said to me hi and we sort of talked and he said how are you and I said yeah I'm always learning mm-hmm. and I keep that at the forefront of my mind because the moment I think I because the moment I think I'm more than who I think I am I lose connection to the people and one of my goals is that by staying connected to the people then I can um, really help Serve them, and so being in the unknown is a space that I allow myself to go to more often than not.
0: Wow, that's that's great. Thank you. So I mentioned that that you know we kind of like to explore some of the more human side of our guests, and and one of the things that our listeners really love is how generous our our guests are in sharing stories of their personal experiences. And and where I'd love to to start with that, Hanari, is if you would take us to a time in your life when well, you, you you kind of tripped up in a partnership. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, what were you doing? What, what did you trip up or trip on? And, and then what have you learned from that that's helped you move forward?
1: Well, it's great. I mean, the mind boggles at all the trip ups that I've had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. Well, I mean, I could, I could go on. But let's bring it to the, a current context, because I think a lot of the times our teachers talk about the past events that are 20, 30, 10, 5 years ago, which never makes it real for the people. Um, so, like less than a week ago, um, Kate st- is starting to step into her grand feminine power. Now, the repositioning for me is that I've always been the powerful one in a relationship as a man, you know, that's the thing that I've brought to the relationship in agreement that that was, you know, what I would bring. So, there is this weird feeling, this unknown feeling of how do we reposition ourselves in our relationship when Kate is stepping up. Because when she started to step up in ways that bring her grand, beautiful, feminine, divine, masculine, all those things that she has held back because of our agreement, then I get to see myself shake and shudder because I don't really know how to be in that situation. It's like a new paradigm. It's a paradigm shift. It's like walking into a room and not knowing what I should be wearing or saying or doing because the new Kate who has been unseen before and unshown is showing up as this bright light. And over the past probably two months as she's transitioned into this guiding light, I've seen myself be very humbled, be very regretful, very annoyed, agitated, because all those parts of me that think they know me as that man surface. And when they surface, I get to see parts that aren't so pretty, (laughs) that aren't so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And in that is being settled and being with them so that um, we can be connected. For two weeks, Kate said to me, you're so argumentative. You know, you seem to be picking on me. And what I realised is, without even knowing, I was trying to push her back into a position that I knew that I knew by telling her what she should be doing, by bringing all my knowledge and understanding, while sneakily underneath the surface, trying to push her back into the position that I knew her before. So, uh, what I'm currently learning is how to really. Be a co-creator, a co-facilitator, a co-lover, a co-husband, in a genuine, and beautiful, and with integrity with a woman that I've been with for eleven years. So it's a totally fish out of water scenario. Um, does that make sense? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and I I think you make such a, a great point of, regarding like you you're literally getting challenged on who you knew yourself to be because of how she's changing. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think we do, we don't realize how much we're, you know, operating from this kind of story or persona that we've created. And when it gets challenged, how that can really rattle our bones.
1: Yeah, I'd like to throw it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I'd like to throw in a little um, because I'd like to throw in a little story. So I, I won't mention any names, but I was with... A very, very powerful spiritual teacher who had made millions of dollars and sold millions of books, who nobody knew in the background was cheating on the person that they had been married to. Now nobody in the front row knew if you can think of it as a theater knew that this was occurring, only me, the family, and that. But in the back row, or behind the scenes behind the stage, what was occurring for this person was a lot of breakdown, a hurt and pain. The person never was able to share it because of the status they had socially. And it really plagued their personal life for a long period of time. And nobody knows this about our teachers because our teachers, and I had to go and look at science for this, what I realized is as we grow in our accolades, less people can relate to us Because a lot of people haven't done what we've done, like whether we get millions of dollars or whatever it is. And so a lot of our leaders, actually what I found, are very lonely as well because they have no relationship to the people that they're teaching. And a lot of the times who they're teaching and what they're experiencing themselves is exactly the teachings they're trying to teach. It's a wonderful paradox of life. So uh, I have had the unique position to interview, talk, spend time with many of them and this front persona that they put up is just like the front persona a celebrity puts up when they're on stage or when a person puts up when they're in a social coffee group. It just seems to be a human condition, and I'm wondering as we evolve if we can actually move past it in a collective, collaborative community where we can actually be with some of the not-so-nice things with each other without making it mean anything. Because what I've realized, um, Ken, is that The people that can be with the ups and the downs in life have more ability to lead people than people that can only be with the ups. I mean, great leaders like Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Jesus, Buddha, they could be with the yin and the yang of life more so. And I realized that their leadership was a very risky and scary one because they were available to take whatever could come for them rather than just what they thought they needed to say to be present to an audience that, needed to get what they thought they needed to hear.
0: Yeah. I, thank you so much for adding that, Hanari. And as you were talking, it reminded me of one of my favorite quotes. And, and it's from, of all people, it's from Jay-Z. Oh, and wow. Here's his <laughs> quote. The most important thing is to be successful as yourself. The worst thing in the world is to be successful as someone else. Mm-hmm. When a million people don't see you, it exaggerates your loneliness.
1: Mm-hmm. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, and it so much speaks to what you were just saying about when you're at this point and then nobody else gets to know the real you, you're actually very lonely.
1: It's a lot of our, and Ken, I'm going to say this publicly, many of you, you think of all the leaders in personal development, many of them behind the scenes are as lonely as the people that are listening here.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a common shared human experience. The thing is we try to eliminate loneliness sadness that's like trying to eliminate happiness and joy there is a polarity when you're on a when a child's on a swing you never push them on the swing and they never go to one end and stay frozen at that end they swing <laughs> yeah they swing back and forth there is a common mistruth in life that we need to stay at one end of the swing which is actually an inaccuracy of being human so I, I mean, last yesterday I mentored a, uh, someone, can, uh, one of these leaders contacted me, a very big name, uh, who's got many followers, and said to me, know, I can't turn to anybody because there's no one out there that I can turn to. So we got on the call. I had to get past the front personality of who he was presenting to find out what was really going on and behind what was really going on. He still, in his wonderful um, way, was not speaking the full truth for himself, and it was eating away at him. Like an ant eats a cake on a Sunday afternoon, and under the Sunday afternoon sun. And oh. that's not just that's not rare. In uh, uh, speaking to many leaders, and mentoring some of them, some of the some big names, is that there is no I've, there's no platform for them to actually share their loneliness, their heartbreak, their sadness. So many of them actually, while doing the inspirational things, feel a void or hole in themselves which is, again, a shared experience. It doesn't matter how many accolades we all get or what we do. We still cannot eliminate loneliness. We can't eliminate sadness. It's by loving those parts for being that in the moment where we get to be genuinely human. And that's my mission is to encourage people to really be here with whatever's occurring for them because in that, what occurs for them is really, 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 really being just a human being, ordinary, and by being ordinary, extraordinary.
0: Yeah. You know, it, it, it's so interesting because a lot of what I'm hearing kind of underlying all of what what you've been sharing with us is, you know, kind of checking in with where our relationship is with ourselves. What's that partnership we have with us? And like you said, even the relationship or partnership between the highs and the lows, and where does that all come together? Because it's it doesn't stay at one end or the other, like you mentioned, and it doesn't stay balanced in the middle either. It moves back and forth. So I'd love to have you share a story with us about what I would call one of your proudest partnership moments. And, and what I mean by that is what's what's a moment in partnership that when you think about it, you just you, you can't help yourself. You just smile.
1: Oh, it's, it's easy partnership when <laughs> when I was able to be there for Kate at the birth of our son in a way that I was listening I was totally in the I would call it enlightened state of not trying to do anything but just be present mm. And then I was presented another relationship my son as I held him And it was like if I can live my life Being in relationship to these people in a way that connects me to them with love joy And with sadness and loneliness at times. I'm going to have a really exciting life
0: That's great I love that. So you mentioned earlier about, you know, instead of talking about the past, kind of bringing things into the present. And I, I I really appreciate you bringing that up because it's something that I think is very important. And I'm just curious. So share with us maybe a, a, a partnership you've got going right now that's really exciting for you. Well,
1: well, actually, uh, uh, there's quite a few. a partnership, We'll go outside the family. So there's a few partnerships that I have. I've created partnerships with people outside of the family to create triads. What I've realized is that if we have external people that are highly functioning, supporting us on all levels, it exponentially grows us faster. So what some, of the, I, some of the exciting relationships I have are with some of the members of the TRC Council where we meet on a regular basis and talk about emerging futures that aren't designed in the past so why it's so exciting is because how do we get into see a future that's unknown that creates new things that can be unconcealed that are already there now I might have sound a little bit hairy fury, but the thing is <laughs> Einstein, Einstein like already discovered the speed of light while it was already there he unconcealed the re- the revealing of it even though it was around us all the time. Some like some guy revealed gravity, even though we were living inside of, in, or inside of gravity. So what's really intriguing, talking to some of these mentors and friends of mine, is that how can we unconceal a new future for the earth that generates new possibilities that are there but need to be unconcealed? So we're exploring, how do we get to the unconcealing, the clearing? It's like the best analogy I can give for people is if you get lost in the wilderness and you get, you, your feet get hurt and you, you get um, cut by the bushes, all of a sudden you're in a place where you don't feel you should be. And then as you walk through that, you become despondent, maybe a bit regretful. And then all of a sudden you walk out into this clearing where everything's clear, where there's no bushes, where it's totally an open space. And in that space, you can create something new. Now to get there, you have to deal with the bushes and the things that come up along the way. So in my research with ontology, uh, talking, and I'm going to meet Werner Ehart and people that have been instrumental in this industry, what I've noticed is that if we can get through the things that really restrict us, that we hide, that we pretend not to know, then we can get to an open field of a clearing a possibility that generates new futures that are unprecedented and unheard and unseen before. And that's what really excites me in the conversations and relationships I'm creating at the moment. So what I do with people is actually help them get to the clearing to create a future that's inspirational for them. Nice. And uh, just I want to back this up a little bit. In, uh, in Switzerland, there's an oven. It's the, a halidron collider, I think it's called. It's 27 kilometers long. And what they noticed is when they speed that up so fast where the molecules were hitting each other, they sped it up to what they thought the, the the temperature of the universe was, which was around 10 billion degrees Matter appeared out of nowhere. Matter actually came. So out of that, we look through all cultures and we think about the Big Bang, we think about out of the nothingness comes everything. In the Maori culture, it's called te ao kuri, which means out of the nothing comes everything. So if there is a evidence, scientific evidence, that matter can come from nowhere, if Einstein was talking about one minute a uh, Uh, an atom's there and then it disappears and it's gone or an electron or whatever they call it and also in culture, in all cultures we talk out of something was not there and then it was there, maybe there is a law that sits underneath that could be unconcealed that is about the nothingness, Buddhism talks about it a lot, so my interest is how do we bring this practically to bring everything out of the nothing rather than putting everything in, in place and getting nothing A lot of us put into our futures everything that we know, and we keep on getting what we know. But what happens is if we let go of that everything just for a moment or two or more to step into a future that is unknown, which brings nothing from it and everything for us. And this is what great inventions and unconcealment is about.
0: Interesting. Yeah, it's funny because you mentioned about, uh, you know, getting to the part that we hide in ourselves, whatever that may be. And that, again, was one of the the reasons I started this this particular show was I, I grew up on a farm and part of our mindset was, you know, you do everything for yourself. If you need any help, there's something wrong with you. And I used to think of that as like a really something you wear with pride. And after many years of living that way and being very individualistic, I recognized that it was really armor. Mm-hmm and it was keeping me from the incredible gifts that I can get by being in partnership. And so I decided, well, obviously I need to partner with people to create this, which is why I reach out to to guests like yourself to go, what else is out there? What are these things that, that, you know, quite selfishly, I've been missing out on and possibly others have as well, and let's bring those into the light. So I love the way you went with that. And I want to ask you, because There may be folks sitting there listening at home, and I could totally understand this. I I certainly could have this thought myself, is you obviously have done tons of work, tons of research, tons of personal development on yourself. Did you ever kind of run into like this duh moment where you had to change direction or were you always in this place?
1: Um, Yeah, I run into it all the time. At the precipice of my own growth, everything that I've learned has to come from nothing. So people get really frustrated, they come to me, I said, I've done this program for 10 years, it's worked and then it didn't work. I said, that's got to be expected. When you're really at a transformational point where you've got to let go, you've got to actually let go of everything that you've learned. So the NLP won't work. The ontological education, teleology, epistemology, none of it will work at the point of growth because you've got to let that go in that moment. And why we get stuck in personal development is that we think we need to hold on in that moment to those things. So there is humbling moments, Brother Ken, all the time. (laughs) every, Every time I use a strategy, it works for a certain amount of time and then it doesn't work. And what I've discovered is by holding on to that thing that we've learned, then we actually restrict our next stage in our growth. It's a paradox of being in this industry. So a lot of leaders who preach or talk about their own strategies can't let go of it because they think that that's the way. So commonly, all the time I'm having, even what I'm teaching, I have to let go of that at certain stages because I won't grow in the direction of helping people if I'm holding on to a strategy or technique. At the end of the day, the human being is the technique. And whatever comes to you, whether you pick an apple and eat it and feel the juice in your mouth or you're doing an NLP intervention, at some stage you've got to let it all go just to go to the next stage. That's what transformation is. It's actually letting go. And usually the only way to let go is being humbled by your, like the way that it happens is I get humbled by my wife. She tells me I'm not listening. And I'm like, hold on a sec. I've just done a six-month course on the ontological beingness of listening, and you're telling me I'm not listening? (laughs) So it's a very humbling experience, I think. And if you're being humbled more often than not, you're in a good place.
0: Ah, yeah, that's a great perspective. I like that. Hanari, we're we're actually coming up on a part of the show where I call it bring it all home portion, where we just we kind of step away from the stories a little bit and, and focus on some simple concrete guidance for our listeners that they can apply to their partnerships. And what I'd love to ask you is, what would you say is kind of, I guess I'd call it the best or most effective partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received from
1: someone? I haven't received any. It's. It's. A, sorry, I've just got to say there is no advice that I've received that's helped me long term. Oh. Each part of it, it hasn't. It just hasn't, because if you're in a dynamic, changing, spiritual, growing relationship, each part, like I talked before, each part of the advice would only last for the amount of time that you need to grow through it. So I can't even remember any advice. What I can remember mostly, Ken, is. Inside the person is the goal of the advice that they're looking for. Every question that's asked to a partner, guru, whatever, is actually a deep internal question that needs to be answered by the person. So the reason why I wouldn't want to give any advice is, everyone listening out there, there is a question that you're asking about your relationships to the world. And I would validate all the research and all all the YouTube and everything that you're doing. But more important to me in saying this to you is the questioner inside of you that's wanting to know the answer. Mm -hmm. In that central core of who you are is already the answer. And it will come to you through the clearing, through the openness, and through the humbleness of letting go of trying to answer it.
0: Nice. Thank you. So I'm guessing from our conversation here that you've done... Lots of research, read lots of books, and so on and so forth. Is there a, a book or a resource that you would recommend that you feel is like this has really been something that's helped
1: you? Yeah, I hear. Yeah, so the so I'm just going to bring this to practicality. Um, the practical, the best practical book in the thousands of books I've read now that has mostly everything that can help someone practically would be Jack Canfield's Success Principles. It's a brilliant book that covers spirituality, personal development, goal setting. It's brilliant. And I would encourage anyone who's either starting out or even further along the path to read a book like that. It's got wonderful tips and techniques in it. For me personally, I have a book that's ripped to shreds. It's falling to pieces. It's the book that I've um, kept close to me and it keeps reminding I'm reading it again, actually. It's next to my bed. It's called I Come as a Brother. And it's by a lady named Mary Margaret Moore, who was a spiritual channel in the 60s, who lost everything. Um, But through this book, I've been able to rediscover my own calling, my own spirituality, my own channeling, which at times is quite scary as a person practically. So two books, The Success Principles for the practical, logical-minded person out there that wants to go forward, and for a deeper dive into the beingness or the way of being of being human. A book called, it's hard to find and it's expensive because it's rare, is called I Come as a Brother by Mary Margaret Moore.
0: Excellent. So, Anari, as as we come towards the end of our interview, I want to ask you if you would share with our, our listeners a specific example of what I call a payoff of partnership. In other words, something that you were able to do or able to create or experience that was Purely the result of being in partnership.
1: Oh, okay. So, the thing, the, this is the one technique, or, or I will, I'll call it a technique, just for the but it's not really a technique, is that whenever the one thing that I use is constantly giving up that I need to present something to the relationship. So, what I do is when I hear thoughts, when I hear suggestions or advice coming from me, the best thing I can do when I'm with somebody, to get into a closer relationship to them is give that all up and slip into a space of true connection. So what I encourage your viewers out there is when in communication with somebody close to you or somebody that you may just have just met, to open up a channel by letting go and giving up something in that moment will allow you to really experience that person on a deep level.
0: Nice. Well, I think it's pretty clear to all of us that... that you have an unbelievable amount of, of knowledge and experience that you are sharing with the world. And, and I'd love it if you would let our listeners know how they can contact you and learn more about what you do.
1: Oh, so you can contact me or Kate. we got henariandkate.com. And I'd say to contact Kate if there's women out there that want to see a powerful, loving intention. Kate's just developing her new website, which will be katemarieobryan.com as well. So she's branched off, and it's wonderful. So that's where you can find us, predominantly.
0: Excellent, excellent. And uh, do you also have a presence on Facebook?
1: Yeah, so we Good. have uh, So we have a business page, but I usually uh, we have people that run there. I usually you can get to that through my uh, page, which is Hinari Huna O'Brien. Uh, Hinari Huna O'Brien. That's a mouldy name, so I'll spell it quickly. Hinari is H-E-N-A-R-E. Huna, which is a Maori, my mother's Maori maiden name, is Huna, H-O-N-A, and O'Brien is with an E. You guys probably know how to spell (laughs) that.
0: And those links will all be on the the website, so if any of you are listening while you're driving your car or out exercising or walking the dog or something, don't worry, just go to speakingofpartnership.com, put in Hanari's name and you'll get right to his show page. It'll have all the links to how we can contact uh, him at either those locations, Facebook or their their website. So that way it's nice and easy. Well, and, all right, I really appreciate you making the time to, to talk with us today. Your stories, your insights have been so insightful. I, I know there's people right now sitting there going, wow, my whole world's just been blown. And it's making people think about things, which is what this is all about. So I thank you so very much for being here. Thank you for taking the
1: time. Ken, could I just say uh, thank you for being one of those guiding lights in the world that is available to send these types of messages around. Without you, um, it wouldn't reach the people that are really wanting to hear this type of message. So I bless you, thank you, and um, acknowledge you for being this wonderful human being and helping, I call you one of our guiding lights, helping heal the earth.
0: Well, thank you very much. It's, It's a privilege. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingapartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking A Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web.